I think the worst mistake you can make is go out and buy the property first, right? The number one thing that we tell people is to leverage up your house now. You're listening to The Right Club Podcast, where the focus is all about helping you grow your real estate investment portfolio and live the life you want to live. Come grow with us and join our community at therightclub.com. And now your hosts, Sarah Larby and Alfonso Salemi. Welcome back, Right Club Nation, to another episode of The Right Club Podcast. With me is my co-host, Sarah Larby. How are you doing, Sarah? I'm great. How are you, Alfonso? I am doing fantastic. I am uh, really, really pumped. We got a really, really great show today with uh, with Brian Hogben. But uh, but before we start talking about the podcast and what we're going to talk about, what have you been up to, Sarah, and what's going on? Well, I just came back from a week at the cottage, and I had lots of fun with some investor friends that came up. We uh, went fishing and boating chilling at the cottage with some really nice wine and food and really can't complain. Celebrated my 35th birthday. <laughs> so I'm officially 35. Nice. Happy birthday. Thank you. It was, uh, it was fun. You know, it's nice to disconnect and I really tried to not book any calls or any podcasts and just relax and hang out with friends for a week and it was uh, it was a great time. Yeah, what about you? Absolutely no. That sounds completely horrible, Sarah. Hanging out <laughs> at the cottage by the water. Yeah, no, that sounds fantastic. Yeah, and you, we we forget sometimes we do got to take that time to actually enjoy and live in that moment and enjoy that moment because we're not we're not promised tomorrow. We don't know what's going to happen, right? So you got to enjoy the people uh, the people around you that inspire you that you enjoy being with and enjoying life. So yeah, a little bit of the same. I uh, one of my uh, lifelong childhood friends actually got married. So we were at, uh, I would have loved to have been at the cottage, but uh, I was at a uh, my buddy's wedding. He had a beautiful ceremony and beautiful reception out in uh, in Cambridge. And then, yeah, a lot of, uh, a lot of friends from uh, way back got together and had a really nice party and enjoyed that. And yeah, and then now back to the, uh, back to the grind, right? Like you got to get back to doing things and putting in offers. I think this week we've got like three different offers on the go when we have two home inspections that we're finishing up on the other two offers. So it's, uh, it's quite busy and uh, it's, it's going well, enjoying it for sure. So yeah, just keeping it trucking along, educating investors, educating tenant buyers. Very awesome. That's great. That's great. It's always a fun game for me to ask you like how many properties you're at now because <laughs> the number is always changing. <laughs> yeah. So, well, I, I never want to jinx it because it's never closed until it's actually like, even when it's firm, it's got to close. But, uh, but yeah, we're just approaching the end of May and we have, I think I got the, the most recent numbers that we should be at 123 by the end of June. That's the, that's the, the conservative goal. So yeah. awesome. Awesome. Congrats. That's uh, it's an amazing accomplishment. I think we met and you had like 60 or 50 or something. So you just like are exponentially growing <laughs> like literally every day <laughs> you know what? And, I, and i and honestly i can't stress enough how how important you know having a great business partner for sure and we get to have bounce ideas off each other but then i consider like yourself daniel laura also business partners right with the right club but all the people that are in the room as well too as partners that keep me motivating keep me going on things that they're doing and you know what we inspire and motivate each other and when you know when there's things that come down the pipeline like regulation changes and mortgage changes is like you get so many different angles from it because how it affects your business or how it affects mine is completely different. But then there's some overlap on how we can find some mutual solutions to some of the problems, right? Of qualifying or, or talking to really amazing mortgage brokers, right? And sharing their expertise. But, uh, 
but yeah, that's a cool part is that you get that knowledge from everybody and we get to share it and use that for our own good. Exactly. That is the value of networking. And so guys come out, if you're listening to this right club nation, come out to our right club and your first one is on us. Just email us and uh, we will get you your first event for free. Otherwise go to the right club.com and then there's a calendar section that you can actually see when the next event is. So we've got one every single month got 10 a year we take the summers off and then we've got some full day events as well so lots of stuff going on and by the time that this will air we may or may not be very close or have already launched or something amazing it's going to be a whole new concept online in addition to what we're doing right now of course but i uh, i'm so excited about that and i don't want to spill the secret but it's gonna be yeah there's so much buzz around it we got a lot of good things but we want to do it right because it's the right club and we want to do it the right way. So we're, we, uh, but we're really excited about it and we're working with some really, really smart people putting this project together and uh, it's going to be amazing. But, uh, but back to today and, uh, and the podcast, we had Brian Hogben on from mission 35 mortgages, really, really smart guy, you know, his mission and you know, he's going to talk about it in the podcast. So definitely listen in about why it's mortgage or sorry, why it's mission 35 mortgages and just, yeah, really, really great helping people, you know, pay down their mortgages and leverage up, get more properties to pay off. And, and uh, yeah, and he talked about it a little bit, but it's that FIA number. And if you don't know what FIA is, you gotta listen, listen to the podcast. Listen to the podcast because I love that concept, that way of thinking. But yeah, really, really great interview with Brian. And make sure that you visit uh, therightclub.com. Check out the calendar section. But uh, But for now, let's get to the podcast. Hey, and welcome, Brian Hogben, to the podcast. How are you doing today, Brian? I'm living the dream, Alfonso. Thanks so much for having me, man. I really appreciate it. That's awesome. That's awesome. Both Sarah and I are very, very excited to have you on the show today. You're just this awesome, awesome guy that really embodies what the Right Club is all about. And we're going to talk all about Mission 35 Mortgages and your mission. But uh, for those people that haven't been lucky enough to, uh, to meet you yet or got to know you, why don't you uh, tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Yeah, sure. Uh, you know what? I started Mission 35 Mortgages two years ago, and uh, it's because I was really passionate about financial security, right? I think a lot of people talk about, we hear a lot about financial freedom when we listen to different podcasts and stuff like that. And for me, Mission 35 is all about financial security. When I was, when I was young, my goal in life was to pay off my mortgage by the time I was 35 years old. I wanted to hit this thing called my FIA number, and it was called my fuck it all. Oh, do you swear on here? Sure, it's our podcast. We can choose. Okay, good. All right. So <laughs> I'll, I'll intertwine forget and fuck here and there, okay? So it was the forget it all show, or uh, the forget it all number. And basically, I wanted to have a certain amount of net worth by the time I was 35, which meant paying off my house, right? And my dad always you know, encouraged me, spend less than what you make, save money, that type of thing. And I'm really, really fortunate and proud to say that uh, just before I turned 35, I was able to sell one of my investment properties to pay off the balance on my house. And unfortunately, my number one fan, who was my dad, wasn't able to see me achieve my goal. He had actually passed away two years prior to me paying off my mortgage when I was 35. So I actually started Mission 35 Mortgages in honor of him. Because he always, this guy liked to do taxes for fun. Like, who does that? My dad would do people's taxes for free. Like, you remember with pencils and graph paper back in the day? Oh, you guys are probably too young for that. 
<laughs> no, no, I remember. I'm, I'm getting a stomach ache thinking of doing that, man. That's crazy. That's my biggest fear <laughs> is so paperwork. <laughs> yeah. So my dad used to love doing that, and he and he really taught me a lot about money. So you know, after achieving that goal, you know, Mission Thirty Five is kind of my my own to my dad to be able to teach other people about financial security, financial literacy, because I think. Just like what you guys do at the Right Club a lot, you don't learn this stuff in school, right? So there needs to be a platform and education in order to teach people how to become financially secure. And at the root of it, using real estate investment as a tool, that's what Mission 35 is all about. We're here to educate people on uh, how to have financial security. So just out of curiosity, because a lot of investors are there and they're saying, oh, well, I'm going to take some money out as some of the equity out of the property to invest. I'm going to take some more equity out and we're going to invest. And they're not necessarily over leveraging, but here you are selling an investment property to pay off your primary residence. And I'm just curious why. Oh, great question. Yeah. And I think, I, I think I get that a lot, right? Because I think when we, uh, when we're learning about real estate investment, the idea is to leverage up all the time, right? Like leverage up, buy more, buy more. And for me, I think there's two sort of answers to that. One is good debt versus bad debt. Right. So when you end up selling an investment property, a good reason to do it is not to go to Vegas and gamble it away. OK, but a good reason is to take that money and pay off your primary residence because that debt in Canada is not tax deductible. Right. So by selling a property and then paying off your primary residence, now you're debt free. That's the second thing for me, which is I really think it's about peace of mind. Right. You only got one life to live. Only one go around the track. By paying off your mortgage, it for me, and I think it does for other people, gives you just a tremendous amount of satisfaction. And more so than that, it gives you courage, right? Like I wouldn't have had the courage to launch Mission 35 had I not been mortgage-free. So by selling an investment property and having that safety net, right? That fuck it all safety net, to me, it gave me the opportunity to say, you know what? The reason why I call the FIA is just kind of like if I didn't like my coworkers, if I didn't like the job I had, if I didn't, if I wasn't passionate about what I do anymore, I've got a security net where I can still take care of my family, no mortgage on my house, and then I can really pursue, you know, what juices me up during the day. So that's why I think, you know what, there's, there's building wealth through buying real estate investment, but I think that's a means to give you the best possible life. And for me, that meant selling a property in order to give me that peace of mind and security. Yeah. I love that concept. And it's almost taking your own personal life and the lives that you know, you're responsible for and looking at it almost as like a business, right? Like when you're running a business, you can increase revenue or decrease expenses, right? To make more profit, right? So yeah. if you can reduce an expense in your life and still make the same revenue, that's more money in your pocket, right? That you have that, that you're basically not, you know, not chasing to go and get yeah. to, to get to that number every month, right? Is having those minimal expenses that a house is paid off for. And then, yeah, you can scale up from there and then use that investment. But I love that, the, the fuck it all mentality that basically that you have that, that safety net that's there. And then you're working to grow that to even bigger and bigger, right? Yeah. And I think, I think it just gives you value in, in, in what you want to do, right? Because now, if clients come or customers come, it gives me the peace of mind to know that I can give authentically the best advice that I think it is. And whether they take it or don't, it's okay. They're going to be okay. I'm going to be okay. You're not married to the outcome of a conversation. 
and you can authentically give what you think is the best advice because you're not doing it for uh, that paycheck per se. Right. So. Right. So was the goal originally to get this investment property to pay off your house or are you still acquiring investment properties right now? Yeah. Good question. I'm actually, yeah, I'm, my, my goal right now is to get a cottage. Okay. Because I know you just, you've got one right or two now. I have one. Alfonso's got like five. <laughs> boy. Yeah. So, so I, I'm, I'm foraying out into uh, getting my cottage up. I got a daughter and I want to rent it out and create those memories and stuff like that. But uh, I am a hundred percent all in and buying more now because with my house being debt free, I still have debt on it, but it's good debt, right? It's tax deductible debt. So now I feel like, uh, like we use the total equity plan a lot from Scotiabank. It's a great program where you can break it down into different lines of credit, three mortgages, three lines of credit. So it's really good for accounting purposes. But I'm all about leveraging up right now because now that I have that security, I actually feel like I can take more risk now having that safety net. So to buy more, absolutely. Yeah, I think it's a great time to buy. Uh, well, exactly. And you know, that's the, the old adage, right? With real estate is should have bought yesterday, but the next best time is, is uh, today. Right. So no, totally. Um, totally. Yeah. So, you know, we're talking about buying investment properties, but you also talking about leveraging and selling investment properties as well too. Right. So yep. what's uh what's one of the benefits of selling an investment property that you have maybe to do another project or yeah, any of the benefits? Yeah, I think, you know what, I think, I think having your strategy is key. Right. So making sure that because we see a lot of people right now that will buy their first investment property and maybe they think I'm going to flip it and then it doesn't work out and they're going to rent it. Right. I think it's really like if you're going to sell, sell for a reason and a strategy and go in with that, not use it as a default. Right. I think like personally, I believe selling in uh, selling a property strategically in order to pay off. I call it bad debt. Right. Paying off that debt that's non-tax deductible. Now, I don't think it's a good idea to sell two or three properties in one year because you're going to get hammered with capital gains tax, right? But I've seen many clients that have a tremendous amount of net worth and they have a lot of properties because we really encourage people to invest in real estate, but they're really stressed because they've got a big mortgage on their house too, right? And I know that they're leveraging and compounding and building, but at what cost, right? And I think to deleverage temporarily to pay off that debt is a good strategy for peace of mind, right? By doing that, you sell one property a year for the people that have maybe three or four, deleverage, pay it down, and then re-leverage to buy back. I think that, and then once you're paid down to zero on that primary residence, buy everything. No, I'm just kidding, but you know, go on buying spree, just buy, it's fine then because it's all good debt. Right. It's really interesting. So let's just say somebody's listening and you've inspired them to sell one of the investment properties because they can pay off a house. Who do you recommend that they reach out to? Should it be a conversation with their mortgage broker, their accountant ahead of time, just because you want to plan for this, right? You want to plan for the tax situation. You want to plan for whatever the penalties are for selling early, et cetera, et cetera, paying down your own primary residence. Can you talk to us about that? Yeah, I think that's a great question. I think definitely if you're planning on selling for that purpose, don't do it because someone said the market's high and it's a good time to sell, you know? Do it because you talk to your mortgage planner, your mortgage broker, your bank, you find out the penalty, it's great advice, right? Because that's gonna factor into it. In addition to what your capital gains tax is gonna be, 
right? That's one of the biggest expenses you're gonna have. And I've seen clients be blindsided by it, right? Because you wanna make sure you're accounting for that because the last thing you wanna do is think that you've got $150,000 to put down on your primary residence and it turns out to be 100,000, right? That's no fun. So if you plan it strategically and making sure that your equity position is conducive to getting that goal, make sure you talk to the mortgage lender and your accountant. Have a high level conversation with your accountant, tell them the details, and they will calculate that capital gain for you, right? And see whether or not that gets you to your goal. And maybe it doesn't, maybe it means, okay, I'm gonna hold it for another year. You're gonna get your principal pay down, you're gonna get your appreciation. Maybe the capital gain goes up a bit, but your net worth is still growing, right? Because of the principal pay down and the appreciation. So I think just by starting those conversations with the professionals, you can start to have that strategy in there. Hey, Right Club Nation. Just wanted to stop the podcast really quickly to introduce you to this week's sponsor, Dylan Suter of Elevation Realty. Dylan and his team have been a longtime supporter of the Right Club and now the Right Club podcast. Dylan and his team have been personally helping me find a property in the Hamilton area, and I know for a fact he has helped many Right Club Nation members find their investment property. Dylan, take it away. Thank you so much, Alfonso. Proud supporter and sponsor of not just the Right Club and Right Club podcast, also of Jag Properties and everything you guys all do in your end. So thank you so much for having me on here. Myself, I'm an investor and an agent. I have a team of five that work with Keller Williams, all investors, and we service the Hamilton, Halton, and Niagara region, both for residential and investment-based properties. Just want to leave the podcast with a quick tip for the month. Tip of the month will be winter months bring opportunity to negotiate better prices and extremely favorable terms. If you want the best negotiator in your corner for investment properties or residential real estate, give us a call at 905-592-4220. You can check us out at all the Right Club events. Email us at info at elevationrealty.ca. Check us out online at elevationrealty.ca. And I look forward to speaking with you soon. Back to you, Alfonso. All right. And like Dylan said, if you haven't met him or anybody on his team, definitely check out the next Right Club event. They're there every event. Thank you so much for your support, Dylan. Now, back to the podcast. Yeah, the other thing I would also wonder is because sometimes you're assigning closed mortgages, so you don't have the ability to prepay and all of that stuff as well, right? And so if you're paying it all, it's one thing, but if you're paying a portion of it, you're going to want to check those rules and regulations or whatever that paperwork is that you signed. Sometimes it's like 10% and you, that's it per year or something along those lines, right? Yep. No, you're totally right. Like, uh, Read the fine print. Sometimes the prepayment on the mortgage is 10%. Uh, sometimes it's 15, 20. Sometimes it's only on the anniversary. But one thing I always remind our clients of is don't prepay your rental property, right? Prepay your primary. So make sure that you know that it's strategic, just like you said, that if your mortgage is in a five-year term and you're going to have a lump sum to pay down, make sure it's at a point in time when either A, it's on your anniversary or B, it's at the maturity date because you don't want to just have that money sitting there, you know, collecting 0.1% from the bank and you're still paying three, three and a half percent on your mortgage, right? So that's, it's a great point and make sure that's conducive. And also we've seen people in the past penalties, they're not the worst thing in the world, right? It's just numbers. You got to do the math, right? Because if I'm going to pay a 2,500 or $3,000 penalty on a three month interest variable rate mortgage, and I'm gonna save $10,000 or 15 or $20,000 from that prepayment over the next three, four years, it's just numbers, right? And I think a great mortgage lender, mortgage broker can do the numbers for you. And I think that's part of having that strategy in place, like having that 
ahead of time and starting the conversation soon, right? Knowledge is power. If you educate yourself as to the strategy that you want to have, it's a lot better to make informed decisions instead of emotional decisions. I make enough of those every day. Yeah, absolutely. And I love how you say that you have to do the math on it, right? What are the penalties versus, you know, getting a, whether it's a half a point or a condition in a mortgage that is, um, what's that called? Portable, right? Where you can move it to another property. It's having those terms in there. Cause I know even from experience with our rent to own properties, even in a, like a three year rent to own term, sometimes we'll sign a, th a four or a five year fixed mortgage because we're getting a much lower rate Right? And we work out what the interest differential is if they do buy out at term. And a lot of the times, maybe it has to go to three years and six months or a four-year term. And we have that safety net at the back end of the rental own as well, too. That at the end of the day, that penalty that we're paying is much lower than that, than, than that profit of continuing to go on, right? Yeah, yeah. That's a great point. I think I know how much you love analogies, Alfonso. So, you know, <laughs> I've been thinking of a couple, right? Okay. And I always equate the... the uh, analogy of if you're driving to Toronto, right? And it's about having strategy with your investment properties, right? If you're driving to the Raptors game, go Raptors, okay? If you're going to the Raptors game and you're coming from Hamilton, you know what? And you're driving in your car, you're probably gonna hit some traffic, right? Do you 100%, take, 100%, yeah. yep. Do you, take, do you take the exit and sell your car and buy a motorcycle to get there quicker? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Well, it's ridiculous. Is that service traffic. available? I might. Is that that service was available on this? No. <laughs> well, you might. Yeah, you might. You might be like, give me a moped. I'm getting there quick. I don't want yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bomb, right? But no, yeah, absolutely. You wouldn't trade in like a. Yeah, exactly. Right, right. Instantly, you, you you'd ride it out. You sit in that traffic. You get. Yeah, there. you eventually get there, right? You eventually sit in traffic for a little bit. You eventually get there, and I and I, I see that the most with uh, some of our first time investors that have one property, maybe two properties. And I'm sure you guys have seen this before too, where things are going great, everything's okay. Then you get that tenant from hell, you know, the hoarder who started a meth lab and everything's just terrible inside, right? And then they finally get them out. They have issues with the landlord, rental tribunal and all that jazz. And then they finally get the tenant out and they say, you know what, I've got $100,000 in equity, property values went up, I'm just gonna cash out right now. I'm just gonna cash out fold in my chips and I'm out of the game, right? And I think that is the worst thing that I ever can see people do because that shit's gonna happen, right? And if you stick to your strategy with the penalty, with everything else, and you don't make emotional decisions, make financial decisions, you'll come out ahead, right? I really believe that. Absolutely, that's, that's great advice. So like, let's just say somebody owns their house and they have a little bit of equity, but they don't have any investment properties yet. What do you recommend that they look at or what's the next step for them? That's a great question. We see that a lot with people that are, you know, listening to your podcast and they want to get started, right? And they're like, oh my gosh, and they, they're scared about dipping their toe in. I think the worst mistake you can make is go out and buy the property first, right? The number one thing that we tell people is to leverage up your house now, okay? And it seems kind of backwards because I'm a big believer in paying off your mortgage as fast as possible. But by talking to a good mortgage broker, mortgage professional, leveraging up means making sure you get that at least 80% line of credit equity plan first, right? Before you start stacking on debt. By getting that 80%, now you can keep your mortgage the same. Again, I've 
not plugging Scotiabank here, but they do have a good product. I hate to say it because I used to work there, but anyways, another podcast for that. But basically, keep the mortgage the same, add on the line of credit, and even re-amortize your mortgage as long as possible on your primary residence because bank rules and regulations are not getting easier. As we all know, they're getting harder. And what we really try to do is make sure people can get the most amount of cheap money first, right? Because when you're leveraging up over time, cheap money goes fast in the form of like qualifications and criteria because they make it really hard for you. And then when you go from cheap money, then you're going to a B lender, trust companies, credit unions, private lenders, and it all gets more and more. So if you're buying one or two properties first without leveraging up your primary, you could be missing out on 40, 50, 80, 100 grand of the cheapest money available because we've seen it in the past where people have bought two, three properties, then want to leverage up and re-amortize and they've missed the boat. It's all of a sudden your ratios are out, We'd love to help you, but we can't, right? And the other thing too is I can't stress enough the reamortization because uh, like I love it when people are eager to pay off their mortgage quick, but there's two ways to do it. One is decrease your amortization down to a 25, 20 year, 15 year, and you know, you're paying accelerated payments, which is awesome. The other way is to make sure that it's with a lender over a 30 year amortization, but just use the prepayments every month. So you've got a lower monthly obligation, which goes into your total debt service calculations to get approved for more money, but you can still achieve the same thing by making that extra payment because it goes directly to your principal every single month. Yeah, that's a much better way to do it because at the end of the day, like you said, even if you have a 15-year amortization and something happens and you can't do it anymore, it's going to be harder. You're going to pay to get back to that 30-year, whatever it is. You may not even qualify. But if yeah. you're 30 years and you pay extra, you can stop at any time and it doesn't count as much towards your uh, debt to income, correct? Totally. And I, and I always tell people, listen, the bank will happily take more of your money. They never have an issue with taking more. But if you want to rewrite it, there's a problem. So if you want to go from 30 years to 15 years with prepayments, no problem. Banks are taking in money all the time. But if you want to go from 15 years, like you said, to 30 years, there's a penalty, you're rewriting the mortgage, and you have to make that 15-year payment on the amortization, no ifs, ands, or buts. That's your monthly obligation now. So I think it is definitely twofold. One, peace of mind for that financial security, and two, ability to leverage up higher as well. Absolutely. No, those, those are great points, Brian. And, and I love how you said, you know, the banks are always going to take more money, but it's almost you know, I don't want to say our own doing, but like, let's call it like society in general is that we, most people don't have that discipline to put in that extra payment every month and to, and to actually make a difference to, to actually like leverage that position to say, I'm actually paying less on my debt service. I'm paying down more on my mortgage. Most people will go and say, Hey, I can, now I have less on my debt service ratio. I'm going to go borrow more and go get other debt, right. And create those and create more negative situations. So and you know, this is the biggest thing. We always talk about this with our clients, even with our investors, and we're, we're talking about credit scores. So like, what are some like, I don't know, quick tips or things that can rapidly, like like that rocket in the background, increase your credit score, right? That like can, that? Okay. Yeah, right? That, 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 that basically that the banks like to see, or hey, I get like the debt service ratio is one thing, but yep. what are some other things that the banks are lending? Yeah, great point. So like for credit, credit tips and that, a couple of things. Number one, 
keeping the balance to limit ratio below 50%. Okay, maybe easier said than done, right? But if you end up having a $1,000 credit card and you're riding the limit at $999, that actually goes into driving your credit score down. If you can keep that credit, that credit balance at 500 or less, it's gonna jack up your credit score a bit. Another fun fact is if you overpay your credit card, okay? So if you end up having, like if you overpay it to a credit balance, it'll show an eagerness to pay off your bills. You're just super eager to pay it down. So I it actually that. give you, now it's not that. gonna jack you up 100 points, but it will maybe make the difference between going from an A lender to a B lender if within, because the credit report catches every 45 days. So if you overpay your credit card just by a little bit, a couple bucks, make sure all your balance to limit ratios are 50% and make sure it's like that for at least 45 days, you're gonna get a bump in your credit. The other thing too, which I can't stress enough is, I'm sure with a lot of your investors, set everything up on a minimum monthly payment, right? Because I've seen people in the past that think, Big bombs on a credit card are better than making it on a monthly basis, right? And I've seen people, I just paid $1,000 three months ago. Yeah, but you didn't pay anything for the last two. That's not good. The credit card companies love consistency. So even if you just set it up, listen, my minimum payment's 50 bucks, go to your bank, set it on auto, don't think about it. $50 comes out every month, you'll never miss a payment, and you'll have amazing credit by doing that. Those are some amazing tips. You know, I actually never have heard before the one that if you overpay a little bit, it shows eagerness and it helps you. So that is really cool. That is new. And uh, thanks for sharing that. So how do you help clients? So who are some of your clients? Who are some of the people that come out and see you? And, and you know, how are, what are some ways that you strategize with them to get them to their goals? Uh, you know what? I think the first thing is just finding out what people's goals are, right? And seeing what they are. And and what we try to do is to get people like, one of our goals is to help you pay off your mortgage really fast, right? So when we're talking to people, we actually like, probably not that good for business, but we sometimes convince people to buy less of a house. You get a bigger commission if they get a bigger mortgage, but like we're trying to say, hey, listen, you know what, if you're pre-approved for $600,000 and it's your second house, we'll actually have the conversation with people and say, hey, listen, what if you buy a smaller house? What if you end up buying you know, property A, and then using that additional down payment to buy an investment property, right? Have the two run in tandem. Some people listen, some people don't, but we're really trying to encourage people to just think differently about where they can live and educate people that, hey, listen, you know what? You can still live in a really nice house right now, but it doesn't have to be dream house yet, right? If you sacrifice just a little, I'm not saying go live in a teepee somewhere, like, but if you just sacrifice a little bit and what's possible at the end of five years or 10 years, right? And what we, you know, I, I, I honestly believe that if people sacrifice a little bit, pay off their mortgage, they're really gonna think twice about going out and getting that mansion, right? And going right back into debt again because there's that peace of mind, that old adage of burning the deed, you know what I mean? Where when you do that, you feel really good about it. And I think those are the conversations that we try to educate people on because I think investment property is the best way for quality of life, right? And I think that comes with, with the first house that you buy and where you live. So we, we try to really educate people, at least give them the pros and cons and knowledge as to, hey, you can buy this house, 
but here's pros cons and what you could do with that same borrowing. Yeah. And you know what? And nothing replaces the actual time, like the, the time that elapses and that, like you said, that consistency of it. And uh, we're going to plug the FIA show, but I was actually at mission control at mission 35 mortgages head off. I call it mission control. I don't know if anybody else does. I like it. We're, we're doing that too. It's mission control here. Right on, right on. I love that. So I was there and Brian, you said something to me that, that really resounding is exactly what we were just talking about is you overestimate what you can do in one year and underestimate what you can do in five. And, and that's the thing is that's what people sometimes get blinded by is that, that instant gratification. And that is the society that we live in, right? That Instagram, it's literally called Instagram, right? Like that oh, yeah. <laughs> Insta society that we're, that we're living in. They want that now and they see that that lifestyle, but is that consistency of doing it properly the right way and, and you do get on that track better and, and, and smoother. I, I totally, I, I'm glad that you said that because like my, you know, I, I love listening and reading and there's a lot of different philosophies out there about how to get rich quick and all that. I think it's bullshit a lot of times, right? And I honestly believe that, you know, th it's not the sexiest way in the world. It's not like Lamborghinis and private jets, right? But it's, it works, right? It's Warren Buffett, man. The guy's the richest man in the world. And it's, I, I'm a big advocate for the buy and hold, right? You buy and hold. You know what? You don't have to, like, I'm, I've never tell myself as a smart guy. I just took some risks and didn't sell. You know what I mean? Like I bought a lot of real estate over the years and didn't sell and fixed a lot of problems that I had. And then just the principal gets paid down over time. Right on the average, three hundred fifty thousand dollar mortgage. Even if the market's flat, you're paying off seventy five hundred dollars a year in principal, and that's if you got no cash flow as well, too. Right, so that's still like it's like your forced savings account. So I I totally agree. Like I I use the analogy again. I was thinking about analogies, and it's like painting a room. Right, you ever painted a room before, and you go in and think, oh man, this is gonna take me like Saturday afternoon. I'll get this done in no time. And then three hours go by and you haven't even finished fucking taping. <laughs> and then you're like, oh, God, it's going to take all weekend, right? Yeah, and paint is spilled. That's one thing I'm not, not good at, for sure. Painting, <laughs> not a chance. No way. But, uh, yeah, no, that's true. It's true. You underestimate it, yeah? Yeah. You know, it, it's a good point, though, because this is not a get-rich-quick thing. You know, it is yeah. long-term. It is time in the market, not timing it. And like you said, mortgage pay down is a huge piece of building your net worth that people sometimes forget about. They'll look at the cash flow and they'll look at the appreciation and those things are great. But the mortgage pay down is probably one of the easiest ways to grow that income or that you know, net in equity and, and your wealth. And over time, it just makes a big difference. And it's the best when it gets paid down by tenants. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you. That's why I give them Christmas gifts because I appreciate all they do every year. So it's very, exactly. very exactly. So awesome. So Brian, the next part of this podcast is our lightning round. So you're going to get a series of four questions and you've got 30 seconds to answer each one. Ready? Uh oh, okay. It's now time for the lightning round. 
This week's lightning round is brought to you by Daniel St. John. Do you think using other people's money is a strategy for other people? Not you? At Safe and Sound Real Estate Investment Group, Daniel's been teaching people just like you how to use other people's money for almost 10 years. To find out more, go to www.sasrig.com. That's www.sasrig.com. And download your free copy of the special report, Arms Length RSP Mortgages, Canada's Best Kept Investment Secret. You'll be amazed at how you can leverage other people's money to help you finance as many real estate deals as you want. All right, question number one. What is the best advice you've ever received from another investor or at a networking event? Buy with, okay, buy with cash flow in mind first. One of my first things was actually from Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And I used to play cash flow, like read cash quadrants, read the cash flow game. And my number one thing was to buy with cash flow first, because if anything else, like before I had anything, I want to make sure that my payments were covered at the beginning of every month and getting started and being scared. That was the best advice I got. You know, I couldn't afford to lose money every month because I didn't have any money. So that was the best advice I got. And I still stick to that because even though cash flow, I think is the least in like least wealth builder, it's the number one principle that I still stick by and look at cash flow first. Absolutely. That is like rule number one. It's like, if you want to play football, you need a football. If you want to buy investment, you need to buy cash flow, <laughs> right? Bottom line. That's number yeah, one. Yeah. All right. So question number two, the lightning round. What is your favorite real estate investing resource? Ooh, my favorite real estate investing resource. That's a good one, actually. I would have to say, you know what? You're a resourceful guy, so we want to know where you get all your resources from, man. I call you, Alfonso, and I get some <laughs> information from you in the right club. That's right. where I get it from. <laughs> You know what? I, uh, I listen to a lot of different podcasts. What I'll do is actually like, I don't have anything specific. I like to listen to different things. So what I'll do is I'll type in, I'm old school. And I'll actually type in real estate investing into YouTube and I'll actually see whatever comes up as one of the top three things and I'll listen to it because I believe I get a nugget from everything that I listen to and I never ever want to be at a place where I think I know everything and I think I can learn something from everybody. So that's where I'll, that's my go-to resources there. Yeah, that's really cool. You know, I did that a lot in the beginning when I became obsessed, not maybe not obsessed, but really into creating wealth and a different life and retiring early and all of that. I Googled real estate investing after I realized it was what I wanted to do and went on YouTube and there's a lot of really amazing things. The only the thing I would say is careful because the US and the Canadian tax rules, financing piece, there's some things that are different. So just understand that, that it's not always applicable, but maybe Canadian real estate investing could be a good yep. thing to Google. <laughs> <laughs> or that's, to why, that's why it took me a lot longer than others because you know what, I wasn't that smart to do that. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> No, but it's a great resource. I, I absolutely love it. Okay. So question number three, Brian, what is the one attribute that has made you most successful? The one attribute, uh, stupidity. No, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think it's just sticking, the stick-to-itiveness, right? Is having a long-term vision, having that long-term goal where it's like, I wanted to create real estate wealth no matter how long it took. And I think I was just like, 
no matter how many people, like even my dad ended up telling me the first time I bought my first, my first investment property after my duplex, I had to borrow money off of my dad and my, and it was to buy the next property. And my dad ended up saying, why are you buying a second property? You can only live in one at a time. And that was someone that was so hard to go against his listening. But I think sticking to what you believe and what you know is right and not listening to all the other shiny balls that come along because a lot of them come along all the time and just sticking to the plan. And for me, that was it. I just stuck to my plan and, and continue to stick to my plan. That's it, man. And I love it. Stuck to the mission. That's it. The mission. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. So last question of the lightning round. We're recording this. It's a, it's a Monday evening, but uh, look, just a little bit. You're recording this? Pardon me? Oh yeah. <laughs> yes, if you're recording yeah. this. So it's uh yeah, so on a on a typical Sunday morning, what are you up to? What are you doing? That is awesome. Good question. Uh Sunday morning, so I have a daughter that's uh she'll be three in August. So she gets up around six thirty. So on Sunday mornings, I get up around five AM and I actually I, I journal, so I do gratitudes every day. So I write down what I'm grateful for, five or six things every single day. And then I go for a run by my house. So I run, I call it a run. If you guys look at me, you probably think that's not running, Brian. That is walking fast. Okay. But I do about a three or four K run. And then I get home, my daughter's up, I make her breakfast, and then she's got gymnastics on Sunday mornings. And it's my fucking favorite thing to do in the world is taking her to gymnastics right now. So uh, really, it's me time as soon as I get up. And then it's family time on Sundays. I'm adamant that Sunday all day is family time. And I like to start it out to get my mindset right so I can be the best, the best for my family. That's awesome. That sounds amazing. It is. Did you, uh, did you ever read, I think it was Hal Elrod's The Miracle Morning? Yes, totally. I read that and that is part of the inspiration for the gratitude and for just for starting your day right. Like, I, you know what? I, I believe like one of the best lines I heard was, you know, you take a shower every day to clean your body. I think it's the same thing with your mind. You need to take a, your mind needs a shower every day because there's just so much shit and negativity that we're exposed to every single day that you need to either refocus through journaling or through reading or through something to put yourself in a mind state that's positive, right? One of my favorite sayings is like, I don't watch the news because I always tell people if it's really important, someone's going to tell me about it. Yeah. And it always happens, right? If something's really important, I hear about it. I don't need to watch the news to find out about it. Yeah. No, I, love I actually that. say the same, same thing. And I don't even have a TV. Well, I don't watch TV or the radio. And I 100% I believe in that. It's the stuff that you put in your mind, even the radio. Like, they should be paying us to listen to those commercials because it's putting <laughs> stuff in our minds. Yeah. You know what? I literally, earlier, earlier today, honestly, earlier today, I had a first world problem. And my Bluetooth from my phone wasn't connecting to my truck and I couldn't listen to podcasts. So I was forced to listen to the radio and okay, there's some good songs on, but then there was like four minutes of commercials and I'm just like, Oh man, that's so like, I don't like, I don't care about refinancing a truck at Nissan, blah, 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 blah. Nissan, if you're listening, you can send us a truck, but, <laughs> but yeah, like that, that's the thing is it's what, it's what we ingest. It's what we put into our bodies, also into our minds. So right. Mo motivations like showering, you need it daily. Yeah. And you know what I think, especially in this industry, because with real estate right now, you come into a ton of adversity. There's a ton of water cooler conversation or coworkers that people talk to every day that say, I bought a rental property once and it was terrible, right? And it's like, 
And if you're surrounded by that 40 hours a week, it's, you got to shake it somehow, right? So start your mind frame, listen to the Right Club podcast, you know what I mean? Get inspired, get motivated, and keep yourself in a great state to be able to continue to invest because it pays off. Absolutely. I, I love your energy, Brian. It's just, uh, it's very contagious. And <laughs> it's, a lot uh, of you know, it's, it's almost my bedtime. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but you know, the, sun's, the sun's about to go away. <laughs> I'm a morning person, but you, you are actually very engaging and uh, I'm having a great time. We could be talking forever, but we don't have forever and uh, we do have to wrap up. How can people reach out to you? If a Right Club Nation wanted to know more, contact you, how can they do that? Uh, you know what? Just uh, Google Mission 35 Mortgages. You can follow us on Facebook, Mission 35 Mortgages on Instagram. Connect with me. If you do want to hear more, Got this cool book as well, too. If anybody wants to reach out, send you a free copy of the book. And it's just basically uh, all the mistakes that I made going into real estate. And there was a ton of them. So if anybody wants to reach out, we're happy to share, open up the vault, lift up the curtain, anything that people want to know, please get in touch. We're happy to share. Absolutely. And, and we didn't mention it, but the FIA show. So on Facebook, Instagram, follow, get onto the Mission 35 page. I was just recently... Lucky enough to be a guest. I think we just signed the deal that uh, Sarah's going to be a future guest yes, on the indeed. FIA show. And yes. that's really, really cool. Same kind of concept, interviewing really, really cool people. And they're sponsored by like a brewery too. So there's a few drinks flowing as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's uh, yeah, really great show. So, and, and thank you so much for your time today, Brian. You were, you were awesome and uh, keep on the mission, bro. You know, my pleasure. And you know what? Thank you guys for doing what you're doing because at the right club, there's not enough platforms like this and between you and Sarah sharing sharing information without expectation is just the best thing that our side needs and seeing you guys do that is it inspires me so thank you guys for allowing me to be part of your platform I think it's awesome what you guys are doing so thanks amazing thanks so much Brian what a great great interview and just what a great guy Brian is sharing that information I made a ton of notes during our conversation with him. And uh, yeah, Mission 35, what a great concept, the FIA mindset. And even those small little tips about overpaying the credit card, love it. Love that little tip. Yeah, I definitely did not actually know about that tip until today. So, you know, you learn something really cool every single day. This is a great little tidbit of insight. I mean, among many, many things, of course, that he said, and yeah. he's got a, a very cool view on, you know, why you want to pay down your primary residence and how you're going to do it. So it, uh, it was definitely really insightful. And I'm, I'm hoping that you guys that are listening are getting some value and some different ideas from that, because that's essentially the goal is to present lots of different ideas, not to create a shiny penny syndrome, but to give you opportunity to really understand everything around real estate investing yeah we want to give you that full spectrum that full view and you know what i met brian like i said it was probably a little bit over a year ago and we've been talking different ideas and obviously we work closely with some of his clients through the rent to own model and and i've definitely been at his office a few times and, and educating their brokers and even having clients in there as well too talking about the rent to own model so he is about sharing that information and that's the cool part is that there's not one way of doing this, right? There's not one, there's not one way to do rent to own. There's not one way to do a burr strategy. There's many different ways and you have to find your own path. What's comfortable for you. Get out of that comfort zone and keep pushing 
what's comfortable, right? Right now, maybe one or two properties is comfortable or five or 10 or 20 or 50. What Get out of that comfort zone, whatever that is, meeting people, talking to people, finding more information. I know for me, getting out of my comfort zone initially was, was listening to more podcasts. Now I'm like addicted. I'm listening to like, I, I used to before, I'm like, oh, I don't have a full hour to listen to it. Now I'm like, let me grab some tidbits, some information about conversations and use that and apply it. And that's the cool thing is, we love you guys listening and getting a lot of information, but try to apply one thing or two things that you learn in the show or in the podcast or at one of the live events and apply it and see what changes that it makes. If it doesn't work, adjust it, change it, apply something else that you learn and let us know what you want to know more about. Yeah, that was really well said, Alfonso. Thank you for being on the show again with me again this week. And uh, guys, Right Club Nation, thanks for tuning in. We just love being able to do this and the feedback that you're providing us, the emails that we get. And so just thank you for all that feedback. And thank you guys if you've left a rating and review as well. Thank you as well for taking the time to do that. So with that said, guys, we are going to be back every single week. But if you want to come out to a live event that's once a month, don't forget to go to therightclub.com and go to the calendar section and register for the next event. So we, uh, we always like to meet and speak to our listeners. And uh, there's four of us. Alfonso and I do this podcast, but Laurel and Daniel as well are also very successful in uh, real estate investing and they do run to own. Absolutely, guys. Yeah, definitely get at us. Alfonso at therightclub.com. Sarah at therightclub.com. Like Sarah said, visit the website, the calendar section. And uh, yeah, again, thank you, Sarah, for, uh, for being an amazing co-host. And uh, yeah, being there and, and being one of the one of the five, right? Who do you hang out with? Who are the people that you, you spend the most time with? And how are you growing? And uh, thank you for growing with us this week, guys. And until next week, come grow with us. Thanks for listening to the Right Club Podcast and joining our community of real estate investors online at therightclub.com, where the focus is about helping you grow. We look forward to seeing you again next week. Thanks from your hosts, Sarah Larby and Alfonso Salemi.